You're listening to the Online Tutor Business Podcast, where I help tutors get found, hired, and referred. Episode number 20. Now, I absolutely love when I get to hand out the Tutorpreneur Hero Award, and this week, our very own Rachel Bernstein is the recipient. Rachel is an online ESL tutor and reading comprehension tutor. She's been working with Joanne since the summer to get her online tutoring students, and today, she is finally booked solid. Rachel is a huge source of inspiration in our community. Learn how she went from only using Wiseant to getting clients, from her all the way to how she got students with her Instagram account. Hi, I'm Joanne Kaminsky, and with 10 years experience tutoring online, I've made over a half a million dollars. And today, I help other tutors get similar results or better. In this podcast, you're going to be inspired by other tutors stepping into this journey and getting results. You'll learn strategies you can apply to your business, stop feeling alone in the process, and make more money so that you can feel amazing every time you have an aha moment with one of your students. This is the Online Tutor Business Podcast. Exciting day. I love when I get to feature you guys and be able to to share the successes that you are having. And it has been so much fun to be able to watch Rachel Bernson be able to go from having just a few students to now being completely booked salad. And she is like a whole no holds bar girl. She's like, you tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. And she does it. It's so much fun to be able to work with people who have that kind of enthusiasm. And because of that, because she's gotten booked salad, she is receiving our our Tutorpreneur Hero Award. Woo woo. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun when I announced to you that you were going to be winning this award. You're like, don't play with my heartstrings. Yes, I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys, I have a new computer setup, which I need to seriously fix here. Um, you can see I look like I'm, te- I-, I look like a ginormous person next to you with this setup. <laughs> like, like, like looking at I'm like wow I look like I am an Amazon woman <laughs> which may be true because you are a tiny 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 girl you're not you're you're not larger like me but still I'm not an Amazon woman so can I go down like this no I can't okay. <laughs> so like this whole new computer setup I have will get will get fixed but <laughs> all the fun stuff with working online hey you guys yep <laughs> So we get to hear Rachel's story and nothing is more inspirational to hear about where people come because I think when we first get started, we often say things like, well, she was able to do it because, or that person was able to do it because, and we can kind of come up with our own reasons as to why someone was able to do what they were able to do. But I think at the same time, we can be motivated and inspired by people's journeys. So we're going to hear all about Rachel and her journey and feel free as you guys come on in please feel free to leave a message. I'm going to be checking inside of um, my phone here for you guys. So definitely tell us who you are, where you're from, what you tutor, all of that fun stuff, and we will um, respond. And if you have questions, please add those as well. We would love to be able to answer those questions for you. So let's see who we have in the house. So we've got Beth in the house today. Woo woo, Beth's here. Yay! Yay. We can always count on Beth to be in the house, can't we? Yes, I love we it. can. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel, tell us all about 
you know, what, what was learning like for you as a kid? I'm always curious to know, like, how, what was school like for you? I loved school. I was one of those kids who was like, always really excited to go to school in the morning and um, didn't mind having homework and things like that. And uh, as I grew up, I developed really good relationships with my teachers. And maybe that's a big reason why I loved school. I just loved the bonds that I created with my teachers. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I would say I was a pretty good student. I was definitely self-motivated. I was the kind of student where if I got a B on something, I would berate myself for doing that. Whereas my parents would say, what's wrong with a B? I'm thinking, no, I could have done better. (laughs) (laughs) So really your grades were important to you and how you performed was really important to you. So you really valued your education. Yes, I did. And I don't know. I think I always wanted to make my parents proud. And Mm -hmm. I guess I had it in mind that if I did my absolute best, that that would make them proud. Um, When in, in fact, it was really just me putting more pressure on myself. Oh, (laughs) yeah, it was unfortunate. And I think it wasn't until college when I allowed myself to relax a little more Mm -hmm. and not be so caught up on good grades all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, It was also the time of my life when I really started to value relationships I had with other people. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point, too, where I knew I wanted to pursue English. I didn't know what I wanted to do with it, but I got a bachelor's degree in English literature and for homework, I got to read books and it was the best thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you went to school, were you going to be, were you going for, to become a teacher? No, I wasn't. Um, I had in mind that I wanted to go into publishing because I really wanted to be a writer actually. I wanted Mm -hmm. to write young adult fiction and I figured, well, if I go into publishing, that would be a really easy way in. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my junior year of college that I started to think about teaching. Okay. This is going to sound really absurd, but I remember we had this fun day on campus and they had a barbecue and there was a bounce house. And I remember going into the bounce house with one of my professor's three kids. And it kind of just hit me how much I loved working with kids. And I was thinking to myself in that moment, could this be something I do for the rest of my life? And so um, after that, in the spring of my junior year, I participated in an internship where I was a teaching assistant in a middle school classroom. And I absolutely fell in love with working with the students in that kind of setting and being there to motivate them, encourage them, but also to teach them something new. And that following summer, I also worked in a classroom. It was an academic summer camp and I worked with even younger children, um, second graders to Mm -hmm. be specific. I wasn't sure exactly what age group I wanted to work with at the time, but I worked with those second graders and had a ball with them as well. So going into my senior year, I knew teaching was what I wanted to do. 
And so then, and what were the next steps for you at that point? Did you, did you get, did you go, did you have to go for a few more years in college or did you get your degree? What happened next? I continued to finish my degree in English literature. Mm-hmm. And what I did after graduating was I actually spent a year teaching English to college freshmen and sophomores in China. Ah, Yeah, this opportunity just kind of came up out of the blue. And I thought, well, I'm not certified to teach yet. So I can't go into a public school. Why not try something completely different? So I taught English um, in China for a year. And it was it was so much fun. And that's when I started thinking more about teaching English as a second language. Mm -hmm. When I came back, I spent two years teaching English in a middle school classroom um, in a Christian school in New York. And that's kind of why I now teach both reading comprehension and English as a second language, because I loved working with the international students I had in China, but I also loved working with the middle school students here in America with their reading comprehension. So now I do both so that I have the best of both worlds. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. And so you were able just to go this and this has just ended up being your path that you've just continued to, to walk through. Yes. Yes. Oh uh, my gosh. So cool. Yeah. So after I finished that second year in the private school, I actually went to England to get my master's in education. Ah. And the reason I chose England was because the master's program only took a year to complete. And so I figured, why not have another adventure while I'm at it? (laughs) Why not? Right? Oh my gosh, I'm learning about this like world traveler, Rachel, that I've never (laughs) known before, you guys. This is so cool. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So what was your experience like over there in England? I loved it. Uh, It was a lot of fun being an international student because I had traveled before, but I hadn't really studied abroad for such an extended period of time before. So it was really fun connecting with other um, people who were trying to become teachers, but from different countries all over the world. And it was just, it was such a strange feeling being the international for once. Yeah. I I really loved it though. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so cool. And then what did you do after you graduated? After I graduated, I came back at the end of September because their school year went from end of September to the following end of September. And I knew I couldn't teach in a classroom at that point because I had come back when the school year had already started. Mm -hmm. I was also planning a wedding (laughs) to my husband. So I told myself, well, Rachel, why don't you just work part time until the wedding? And this way you have time to prepare for that without stressing out and also still, you know, working and bringing in some money. And that's when I first dipped my toes into the uh, idea of tutoring. Yeah. So at first- And we see the picture, your wedding picture right behind you there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So for- Several months, I was tutoring both in person and online through a platform called Wyzant. Uh-huh. I had done some research on how I could get into tutoring, and that seemed a really popular way to do so. 
Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Yeah. I focused on both middle school and high schoolers with their reading comprehension and then college students and adults with their ESL. Mm -hmm. And then after I got married, I had a moment where I had to reevaluate what I was doing and whether or not I wanted to continue tutoring. And I decided, you know, maybe for the time being, I'll just continue tutoring. I like it. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? I mean, it was going well for you, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, compared to my time in the classroom, I loved the flexibility. I loved being my own boss and being able to have those one-on-one connections with my students. So mm-hmm. I really didn't see anything wrong with tutoring. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. And and you can make good money doing it, too. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> and <laughs> so basically, I did that for another year. And last summer is when I decided you know what, I wonder if I could start trying to get clients on my own outside of Wyzant. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started my business, Rachel Tutors Online. Fast forward to today, I'm fully booked, which is Yay! incredible. Yay. <laughs> now, which part of the journey did you end up finding finding me? Because I know we've actually been connected for a couple of years, I feel like. Uh, I know like the summer we were connected on like Instagram. I don't know if we were connected anywhere else before that, Twitter or I think I joined the ultimate support group for online tutors on Facebook last, maybe last winter. Okay. So before, before I had started my own personal tutoring business, I was thinking about how I really missed the community I had while working mm-hmm. in a school and mm-hmm. having coworkers I could talk to. It was, tutoring was just very isolating in that sense. So I was trying to find a way to connect with other tutors. And I think that's actually how I came across your group, Joanne, just doing a search for other online tutors. And that's how I- Yeah, that's so cool. And and what was your experience like inside of the ultimate support group for online tutors? It was so great to see that I was not alone. it should be obvious that I am not the only online tutor out there, but I think because I wasn't really interacting with other tutors, I didn't know how many other tutors had really tried to make this a business. So connecting with the tutors in the ultimate support group was wonderful. And I remember just reading through the threads and seeing questions come up that I hadn't even thought of. Yeah. it was great because it wasn't just people asking questions. It was also people providing advice, also sharing highlights from the week and things like that. So it really felt like a tight knit community. And I was really happy to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you guys, that's a free group. So if you haven't joined us on the ultimate support group uh, for online tutors on Facebook, definitely join us there. Uh, it just keeps growing and growing and we just keep, you know, helping more people. And that is our goal is just to be able to help more people learn how to be able to tutor online or how to start their business. You know, there's lots of people that are there to be able to support you 24 hours a day. That's kind of the cool thing. Cause we're from all over the world. Woo-hoo. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> So Rachel, where, where are you, where are you living right now? So you're not in England or China. You're (laughs) living in, I'm in Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) She's in Connecticut right now. How are things over there with the, with the coronavirus in Connecticut? They've gotten progressively worse just because 
of our proximity to New York and the amount of commuters we had between Connecticut and New York. Mm-hmm. So everyone that I know is just on lockdown. Everyone's yep. staying at home as much as possible. And yeah. so my husband and I are here working from home. Yay. And that's been nice. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that part of it probably feels different to you. Does any of the rest of it kind of feel different at all? No, it it feels the same other than, you know, occasionally walking out and seeing my husband and being like, oh yeah, you're yeah. home. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of how I feel too. Like I have my whole family here with me and it's like, well, I always work from home. Right. So it's not really, doesn't really feel that much different mm-hmm. for me. Um, everybody kind of has like their own space in our house, which is kind of cool to be able to do either their schoolwork or their work work. And it, it just, it almost feels like sometimes when I like think about it, it feels like a movie that's happening outside of me. Yeah. Because like, I mean, yeah, I know like when I go to the grocery store, I, I see social distancing and the X's on the ground and, and those kinds of things and no toilet paper. We we now have our toilet paper aisle is now a, um, it is now a cereal aisle. Oh. They must have had like extra cereal and somebody decided, well, instead of having this empty, let's put cereal boxes. So Lucky Charms apparently is magical for many things now. Oh, man. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, other than that, it just feels like other than not being able to go places or go out to eat on the weekend or do something like that, that is really the only thing that just kind of feels a little out of place. But other than that, everything just kind of feels the same because here we are, we're doing our thing um, and and that kind of stuff. So it's been been pretty cool. So you ended up joining the ultimate support group. And then what made you, what what for you was like, because we ended up working together for a little while. Mm -hmm. What for you was like, I need to work with Joanne? Okay, well, after I started my personal business, I remember watching your videos like crazy and trying to digest everything that I could. (laughs) And one thing that you had mentioned in one of your videos was the importance of content creation. Mm -hmm. And I decided to try to expand my reach to potential ESL students on Instagram. And I remember doing a ton of research and it was great. And I was growing a following, but I wasn't getting any students. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out what the problem was. I didn't know if my content wasn't good enough. I didn't know if people saw my website and just didn't like it. I didn't know if people were seeing my website to begin with. I just had so many questions about why I wasn't able to actually acquire any students. So I think that was the moment where I realized, well, I could either continue just coasting and seeing nothing happen, or I could take action. And one of the most concrete ways that I could think of for taking action was to reach out to you and start working with you and having you as my personal coach. (laughs) And, you know, I think a lot of people, they, they, a lot of us in the beginning were like, oh, I can do this on my own, right? were you kind of in that mindset as well? Like, I feel like I can do this on my own. I can, I can do all of these pieces on my own. And then it's like, when you start not seeing the results that you want to be able to get, you're like, well, 
what's the next step? What else could I do at this point, right? Like, I don't know, I'm out of ideas. Like you run out of ideas at some point of, well, you don't even know where the holes are. How do I fix them? Because you don't know where the holes, right? You don't, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, I think I was just overwhelmed by it all. I thought to myself, well, if I get a website up and going and I start trying to advertise and stuff, it, it should happen, right? And then I realized there were so many different steps I could be taking and I didn't know which steps to try to take. Sure. I remember randomly putting up Craigslist ads, but not really knowing what to expect from that. And I think I was just lost. I didn't know where to focus and whether or not what I was doing was achievable. I had told mm -hmm. myself that I would give myself a year to see if I could get fully booked. But I think in those first two months in June and July of last summer, I got to a point where I was at a standstill and just thinking to myself, there are so many things I could be doing. I don't know where to start. And I just shut down a little bit and thought, well, maybe I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is totally not true, by the way, because look at where she's at right now, right? Like book solid. So, so it's not that she can't do this at all. I think it's that overwhelm. Yeah. And I think it's also, I started comparing myself to others, mm. which guys don't do it. <laughs> it's really don't bad. Don't do it. I, but I got into that mindset of, you know, seeing people like Terry Grigsby who had gotten so many students so quickly and thinking, well, am I just not doing the right things or is it me is it mm. is it me not being a good enough tutor and then of course you get into imposter syndrome where you're thinking well maybe I'm just not prepared for this maybe I'm not good enough maybe I haven't done enough research and all these negative thoughts started entering my head and as you know from my time in school I can be a bit of a perfectionist and so to see that nothing was happening was really frustrating it can be extremely frustrating. And then you joined us with the the Jumpstart Your Online Tutoring Business, which is going to open in two weeks for people to be able to join. And we read the, the compound effect. And as you kind of started reading that book, what happened for you? I realized that if I could just narrow down what I did on a daily basis to things that I could be consistent with. That mm -hmm. was enough. I didn't have to go overboard with all the things I was doing. I didn't have to make sure that my website was perfect or that the content I was putting out was always um, spot on. If I could take just a little bit of actions here and there and make sure I was doing them on a daily basis, that would be enough. And it would, yes. as as it says in the book, it would compound. <laughs> yes. And it did compound because you ended up getting on then a podcast with another um, ESL person, right? Yes. So my Instagram following had continued to increase and there was another, another person on there. He's not a teacher. He was actually an English learner who was sharing content to help fellow English learners. And his account blew up and he now has over 50,000 viewers. So one day he mentioned in a post that he was starting a podcast 
and he asked his followers to recommend teachers that he should have as guests on his podcast. So one of my followers actually recommended me. And mm. that's how I was able to become a guest on his podcast. And that was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really cool because we can utilize these kinds of things to be able to get in front of audiences that have a similar audience to us to be able to get found by people who could potentially hire us. And yeah. that's another great thing um, that you didn't even, it's so cool that like you didn't even have to like seek that out, but because you were being consistent with your Instagram and doing those live streams, it paid off in a way that you weren't expecting. Now, yeah. you, ended up, you ended up getting some students from that as well, didn't you? I'm not sure if it was from that specifically, but I do okay. think that exposure helped because yeah. maybe a month after that, I started to get new students through Instagram. That okay. was really cool. <laughs> Very cool. So then people started seeing you more in a different light. It almost like elevated your expertise mm -hmm. in that area to be able to, to help other people. I love it. So cool. And, and so now are you continuing to get people through your Instagram account that want to move forward with you? Yes, I am. I have, I'm actually in the process of um, working through a couple of leads, but I think, I think with Instagram, what I had to realize was it's, it was going to be a long-term process. Mm -hmm. It wasn't going to be something where after a month of being on there, students would start reaching out to me and say, Hey, I want to take lessons with you. Right. It really had to do with my building up confidence and trust with the students and showing myself as an expert in my field. And then as they saw the content, as they saw me interacting with other teachers, they then felt comfortable reaching out to me and taking that step and saying, hey, I would love to have classes with you. Yeah. And, and you bring up such a good point because we have short-term strategies and long-term strategies, right? Those short-term strategies are strategies that could result in a student today or tomorrow. And then we've got those long-term strategies that we have to, we have to give them more time and more consistency in order to see them actually work. And right. putting both types of systems into place, you guys can really help you with being able to um, get found consistently because as you know, like this is a roller coaster business, right? There are times where you get more students and then there's a time where people just kind of dip off. And then there's times where you start to go up that incline again. And by putting in these different systems in place, you allow yourself to be able to get found at all times. And then you also don't have to worry about like, if I if, I, if I'm not putting in short-term strategies, it's okay because I can use some of the long-term strategies I've put in place to be able to get found. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because when you now have spots open, if you wanted to make a message now that you have a following, that you have a spot open for tutoring, it's different than before you had a following, right? If you have a following of zero, how, how do you tell people that you're taking students. Well, first they don't even know who you are. Why would they hire you? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's gotta be that content. So how do you come up with your content that you create on Instagram? Where do you get your ideas from? Well, there are times where I actually ask the students themselves what they want to see. Mm -hmm. I think because I've been on there for a while over time, I've noticed what types of content they prefer over others. And 
from there, I make adjustments. I have noticed they like videos a lot more than just written posts. So I try to do a good balance of those. And I, I like that one thing my account does that I haven't necessarily seen on other ESL accounts is that I share recommended reading every week. Mm-hmm. And that's been really fun because I have followers who are beginners and I have followers who are advanced. So I have to pick books that cover that range. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking back on books that I read in my childhood and it, it makes me so nostalgic. It's, it's really great being able to share those books with them. Oh, that's so cool. And you know, you all, we all can do that, right? We all have our different personality. We all have our different take perspectives, all those kinds of things, which they make us unique and special. And, you know, I have some people that are like, yeah, but I'm just not good on camera like you are. And they don't want to try being on camera because of that. But I think we all have like our unique way of presenting ourselves. And and you definitely have your fun, unique um, way of presenting yourself. And you do such a good job with that. Before you did your, I'm curious though, like before you did that very first live stream, what were you thinking? I was so nervous. (laughs) So part of it was thinking, do I look awkward? Do I, am I too loud? Am I too bubbly? Are people going to connect with that? Are they going to just find me annoying? (laughs) Right, right. Um, So before I started getting the hang of making videos, I would do so many takes because either I was too stiff or I was overdoing it. And so I had to keep taking more and more takes until I found a good balance of a good medium. Okay. And now it takes me maybe two takes if that. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I love it. And that's what I find too. Like when I do my videos, the way that I've organized how I do like my, my Monday videos, it is literally a matter of I've written everything down. I know what I'm going to say and I say it and then I'm done. It's like one take we're done. So while some of this stuff does take a little bit longer in the beginning, as you begin to get your groove on, it becomes easier and easier, doesn't it? Definitely. Yes, it does. And it pays off if you're consistent. So um, how many how many videos were do you put out onto Instagram each week right now? I believe three videos a week. Okay. And the nice thing about Instagram is if you want the videos to show up on your feed, they have to be less than a minute. So mm-hmm. I don't go overboard and make the videos really long. I keep them short, concise, and I make sure that I'm sharing content that will be helpful to my followers. Yeah. So in that sense, it's really, it's really easy. Yeah, for sure. Because we're not talking that it's a huge time commitment here for you to be able to put that on up. And people are looking for you just to be more authentic too. They're not necessarily looking for, you know, something that is um, produced expertly, I guess. Yeah. Right. They'd rather just see you. Right. Because they connect with that better. I think. Yeah. I will sometimes just in my Insta stories, I'll show a video of my cat and <laughs> remind them that I'm, I'm a person too. And I have a life and I'm just sharing that with them so they can see that I'm really no different from them. Yeah, absolutely. And then that that's, there's that connection piece. Like we connect with people, we don't really connect with companies. And so you're not really presenting yourself as like this large corporation or company which I find is like one of the mistakes that a lot of tutors make in the beginning. They're like, 
I'm a business now. So I need to have my professional logo and I have to have my professional website that has all of these professional photos that are not me and they look prim and proper and perfect and, um, but nobody can connect with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if, if a student is looking for someone to work with, they want someone who will be able to connect with them. Right. I think part of the reason I love tutoring is because I'm making these connections with my students so that I'm, I'm teaching them things, but we also have a relationship. So it, it mm-hmm. goes deeper than the teaching. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. So I absolutely love, so, so I'm just going to bring in some of the comments that we have in here. First, um, Lynn Wilson is so happy for you. Oh, and Lynn. <laughs> She says, it's nice learning all about what you've done. Congratulations. And we've got Beth in the house who she, oh, Beth, you're so sweet. She just wrote that coaching with Joanne is amazing. It's one of the best decisions I made for my business. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. It really did change the way that I approached my business. I I can't thank you enough, Joanne. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I and didn't like, need Beth to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> and I love being able to work with you guys because it, it just, I get so excited to see you guys go from like the beginning stages of like, I have no idea how to get students to now I'm getting a consistent stream of students. Like that is, I get as stoked about that as I do about my own business like just to watch you guys go through the success. So those of you who don't know yet, Rachel is our Tutorpreneur Hero Award winner because she has booked her online tutoring business solid. All right, so everybody wants to know about tools that you use for online tutoring. So what are some of the tools that you use for your ESL and your reading tutoring? Okay, this is going to sound really basic, but with my ESL students, because Right now, all of my students, I do conversation classes with them. I actually just use WhatsApp because mm-hmm. we talk as though we're talking on the phone. Sure. I have occasionally used BitPaper to work mm-hmm. with students, uh, more specifically the reading students when I need to upload documents mm-hmm. so that they can see them. And I have used Skype before. Mm-hmm. Um, with my Wyzant students, I know some people don't like using Wyzant's classroom, but because when I first started out tutoring, that was the only platform I knew about as yeah. in terms of having a whiteboard and a camera feature, I actually still use that with my Wyzant students. Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's all there. There's, there's no reason not to all the, all the tools that you need are, are there to be able to do that. And, and you have now changed your system for Wyzant. So in the beginning, like you were only getting your clients from Wyzant. Now you have multiple ways to be able to get students and Wyzant just happens to be one of the methods versus the only method. But yeah. we talked about like um, one of the big things is the pricing strategy inside of Wyzant. Because how much how much of a percentage does Wyzant take? They take twenty five percent. Yeah, and you had actually gotten so good that before it used to be that they would take forty percent, and then the longer that the more students that you worked with, it got brought down and it got brought down to twenty percent, right? Yes. Yeah, so I hit that mark, and then they said, "Well, we're changing the way we're doing this," and that was very upsetting. <laughs> 
and then everybody now it's just a straight cut 25% that they, yeah. they just take for, for absolutely everybody. Um, so, so you changed, but you've changed like your pricing system from what you had originally, right? Yes. So when I first started with Wise Dance, I didn't have any students. So I was a little desperate. <laughs> so I <laughs> made my price lower so that I was able to get more students. And then as I got more students, I raised my price to what I thought I was worth. Then when Wyzant changed its commission so that it was a flat 25% rate, I thought, well, I could keep it, I could keep my price to what it is now and lose a larger cut, or I could raise my price so that I'm taking the commission into account. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I'm making what I would make on my own. And right. that's what I've done. Nice, nice. So how much are you charging for your tutoring now? Right now, through my personal business, it's $45 an hour. Awesome. I love it. Yay. <laughs> woo -woo. That's fantastic. You know, and I think um, lots of people can feel excited about that. I've, I've talked to so many people that work with like ESL students and they're like, nobody is paying $45 an hour for, for ESL. What would you say to them? I would say if you believe you are worth that rate, you will find students who will pay that rate because mm -hmm. you are worth it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's absolutely possible. Like when you can start hearing that other people are making that, I think it starts really changing your mindset about that whole entire, that whole entire situation. Because a lot of people will think, oh, well, you know, if, if I charge that and there are people charging a lot less, then who's gonna choose me? But you have created a presence that has allowed it to not be about your price. It's about people wanting to work with you. Yeah. So you're not and that makes a difference. anymore on price. It totally makes a difference. <laughs> so um, if somebody was like, you know what, I don't want to be on any social media and I, I want to be an online tutor, what would you say to them? I would say good luck getting students. <laughs> <laughs> Only because... A lot of the people, if you are trying to reach out to ESL students in particular, a lot of those students are abroad. So mm -hmm. there is no other way of connecting with them except through social media. And right. that's where they are. I think the biggest thing is you have to meet your clients where they are. You can't exactly. expect them to just know how to find you. So mm -hmm. instead of having them come to you, you need to go to them. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the only way to do that online, if they're in other countries, is to be online and to be on social media and to be, you know, playing all over the internet and um, not being afraid of the internet. I mean, you're, I, think about that. Your ideal client is just as scared to work with you as you are to work with them. If you're scared to be on social media and meet people, um, or you're scared that people are going to do things, they are too. And so they're going to want to be able to find and work with somebody who has a strong online presence that they're going to be able to research, find information out and realize if, the, is this the person that I want to be able to work with or not? And when they can find that you, you're like this down to earth person that they can connect with, they're going to want to work with you, you know? Yeah. You just have to act like you would act with all of your other friends in the world and you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And right? I would definitely say, don't let the 
fear of the unknown keep you from trying new things? Mm. I I had been on Instagram before because I have a personal account on there, but I had never done lives on Instagram. I never really posted videos unless I was taking a video of someone else. So there were still new things that I had to learn, even though I had been on the platform for a while. So it is a learning process, but I think that's one of the wonderful things about teaching, about tutoring, is that we are not only teaching someone else, we are constantly learning as well. And I love learning. So (laughs) it's been great for me. (laughs) Well, and you just became, um, two months ago, you just became a lifetime member of our Insider Secrets Club. So our Insider Secrets Club that we have is by invite only. So you have to go through one of my beginning trainers to in order to be be invited. And you decided that you wanted to become a lifetime member. And that's what we actually do. We actually just continue to learn. We stay up to date on the social media. We stay up to date on on new things uh, to implement and try within our businesses. And um, what has your experience been like inside of there? I can't rave enough about the Insider (laughs) Secrets Club. I can't rave enough about Joanne, but I also can't rave enough about her group because again, I missed that community that I had in the classroom. And so joining the Ultimate Support Group was great, but there are 7,000 members, which woo woo, that's crazy. But (laughs) there's so many members and it's a lot harder to connect with people unless you're reaching out to them directly. So Mm -hmm. going through the jumpstart program, which is an eight week program and spending time with the people in your individual groups that way. And then Mm -hmm. also connecting with the people in the insider secrets club. It's amazing. I have never met any of these people in person, but I, I call them friends. I call them colleagues. They're people that I've come to know and to love. And I wouldn't give that up for anything. (laughs) I know whenever I go like traveling places, I always like take a look at like, oh, who's by me? Like, is there somebody that I can like connect with while I'm out here? Like that we can like actually meet in person. And it's so funny when we meet in person, it doesn't feel any different except for the fact that I can give them an actual hug. Yeah. (laughs) Because you know each other so well. Yeah. Funny story about that, Joanne. So we have family in Chicago and Um, you had mentioned this year that you wanted to have a retreat for tutors to get together and meet and create content. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it. So I told my husband, if we visit family in Chicago, can we make a quick trip to Wisconsin real quick so I could say hi to Joanne? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. You guys have totally got to do it. We're getting a new boat. You can come out on a boat with us. Ooh. I know it would be so much fun. You guys got it. Right, it'll have to happen. Up. Yes. And, uh, and we've got lots of room here. So, you know, if you guys, you guys could stay here if you want to overnight. I mean, our <laughs> mi casa es su casa. <laughs> oh, thanks, Joanne. <laughs> See, this is what it's like. It's we are, we are, we like have become like this really close knit community and family and, um, you know, there's, there's so many more honest and trustworthy people out there, I think, than, than the other way around. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's so cool. I can't wait until I get to, um, I, I get to meet my wonderful Beth in the house. Today is our um, half anniversary, we're calling it. So she's been actually with me now for six months. I sang her a happy half anniversary song. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'm like, I, every time I like, I'm thinking about, okay, where am I going? Would I be able to go through Ohio? <laughs> and I'm always like thinking like, how do we really connect in, in person? Cause you know, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's almost like family members, you know, like if you were going to yeah. be in a certain area, you would go there without visiting certain people. Right. And it's kind of like the same thing. Like, okay, if I'm going to be here, um, how cool would it be? So I love it. So cool. It is, it is. It's really awesome. And I am so excited for you. When you had mentioned that you were book salad, I'm like, that's it. Like she's been on the mind, on my mind for winning the Tutorpreneur Hero Award because of her go get them attitude, never quitting, continuing to uh, put the next foot forward, even when she doesn't want to, just taking the right action and being consistent that I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to give uh, Rachel the Tutorpreneur Hero Award award and then um and then she made the message inside of I think it was the insider secrets club I book salad I'm like there we go yes <laughs> <laughs> next time I do one of these calls I'm letting Rachel know she is in in like Flynn oh thanks Joanne <laughs> I love it now there are a lot of people that they're starting to consider doing online tutoring now because of the mm -hmm. coronavirus what would your your suggestions be for them as as they begin thinking about making this um, a business for themselves? I think the first thing I would say is, even though there are so many tutors out there, there is no tutor like you. And I think that is a truth you need to value and hold because, I think when I first started, I was thinking a lot about, well, why would someone prefer me over this tutor? But there are things that I do that make me unique and that connects with my students. And so I would definitely say, don't be overwhelmed by all of the other tutors that are out there and that have already been established. There is a place for you. Mm -hmm. um, I think along those lines, I would also say, make sure you see other tutors as friends and, and not as competitors. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the wonderful things about the ultimate support group is that we're all here for each other. Mm -hmm. um, yes, people will make posts about um, services that they're looking for, for a friend or someone that they've heard that is looking for a tutor, but everyone's there to help each other. It's not about who can get more students uh, quicker or anything like that. It's, right. it's really about being a community. And so I would definitely say, if you're just starting out, definitely reach out to other tutors and ask them for their advice because they, at least in my experience, they want to help. They want to see other tutors, new tutors thrive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now I know that some people, they, they, They've actually said this to me before, so don't take this the wrong way, but they will say things like, but Rachel, you're really pretty. That's why people would choose you. <laughs> I've had, uh, so I've had people say this to me. What would you say to them? I would say my looks are not what is attracting my students. No. If it was just my looks, forget it. 
I would maybe get a student for that first lesson, but if I had no experience, if I didn't have the skill set, if I didn't have the right background, if I wasn't constantly learning and researching, I would not be able to hang on to students. So Absolutely. It has nothing to do with this. <laughs> no. No, and I've seen, you know, what if if anybody is afraid of of their looks and what they look like, smile. Yeah, because smile you would it does, doesn't it make a difference? Like, don't you connect with people who just like, they smile, even if you're not a smiler, I promise you, like, you're going to look, you're going to look prettier. You're going to feel more confident. You're going to feel like, you know, you can do this when you smile. It just opens up the whole world to you and they want to connect with that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I actually thought my looks would work against me because I look so young. Sure. I thought people would think, well, how much experience does she really have? And I had to put that aside and say, no, I need to present myself as an expert and show that it doesn't matter how much experience I have. I can do this. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get over that too. Yeah, absolutely. So I want you guys to know that we're not getting students because of our looks. We're getting students because we know what we're doing. And then we're also having that ability to connect with people. Um, and I am a huge introvert. So those of you guys who are like, I'm an introvert, Joanne. So there's absolutely no way that I can be able to do this. I want you to know, actually being an introvert is what makes me shine in this element because I don't have to get worn out from the energy of being around people all of the time. And I can reserve some of that energy for my teaching versus being like worn out from it. Um, mm -hmm. Would you say that you're more of an extrovert or an introvert, Rachel? Oh, I'm definitely an introvert. Oh, see? <laughs> Introverts unite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think like a lot of people, they're like, but I'm an introvert, Joanne. I can't be on, I can't be on camera. You can do this. I promise you, like it is so much more fun when people um, ask to like connect with me or like talk to me on the phone. I say, could we meet via Zoom? I actually really like seeing the person I'm talking to. Like, I feel like I can connect with people so much more if we connect on Zoom versus me yeah. like talking to them on the phone. Yeah. And it, it's kind of funny because when I first got into teaching, I was a little worried about it being an introvert, thinking that maybe it would be really overwhelming. But I actually find that it's been my way of shining. Yeah. I think because I'm the one who's doing the teaching, I have confidence in that. And mm -hmm. that shows through as I work with my students. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you guys, I want you guys to know that you don't ever take the fail failures of your past and project them into your future. Okay. Like do what Rachel is doing. Like just continue putting that one foot forward. Keep taking those actions. Keep, you know, making those relationships with people online and letting them know that you're there. I mean, the biggest, I think the biggest problem that we have as tutors isn't that we're not good enough tutors is that nobody knows we exist. And so now it's about getting out there in front of as many people as you can and not, and not spamming them with a the message of hire me. I'm taking students, right? But really providing valuable content to them that they can use to get to know you in the whole entire process of it all. So if you guys like interviews like this, hit that like button definitely subscribe. We, um, we've almost, we've actually reached 4,100 subscribers on here now. 
So that's so exciting. Yay. Yay. (laughs) So it's working, you guys, for the last uh, year and a half. I've been doing almost two years now, actually. I've been doing two videos every single week and never giving up. And it did monetize um, a year ago. And it's been small little amounts. And I'd say the consistency is what allowed me to be what some people would call in the right place at the right time. Here's the thing. If you're always there, you will be in the right place at the right time. If you disappear, that's when things happen, right? And and um, they talk about that in the compound effect, that if you um, all of a sudden you get this momentum going and then you stop, you have to start almost like from the ground up, even though you know some stuff, it's a lot harder to get things churning and moving again um, mm-hmm. versus just continuing and being consistent. So stay consistent, Rachel, you're doing awesome. Thank so excited you. for you. <laughs> and I will, I, I really believe that those five actions a day make a world of difference. They do, they do. If you just keep taking those five actions every single day, there is absolutely no way that you can't get students for sure. It's knowing what actions to take and when to take them, not overwhelming yourself, but but thinking about, okay, what, what do I enjoy doing to be able to get on out there? And if you don't know, join us. Uh, in two weeks, we're gonna be opening up the Jumpstart program. On Monday, I'm gonna be releasing a new video series um, that is going to be guiding you through the process. So um, that'll be a free video series that everybody will be able to download um, and be able to watch. You'll be able to watch it here on my website. Uh, you'll be able to watch it on my YouTube page. You'll be able to, um, it, it will only be available for two weeks. So you definitely will want to be able to get those videos, watch them in your time. Um, and then we're going to open the doors to the Jumpstart Your Online Tutoring Business program again. Yay. Yay. Is that was the it's whole new group? great, guys. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to our wonderful Rachel for winning oh, our two-door hero thank award. Thank you. <laughs> And you guys all enjoy the rest of your day and you enjoy your day as well, Rachel. Thank you. Thanks, Joanne. (laughs) You're welcome. Bye, everyone. Bye. Did you know that the online tutoring industry is a $1 billion industry and that it is projected to grow to $112 billion over the next five years, according to Technavio? Now, I believe that to succeed in this business as individual tutors, we need to stand together and unite, which is why I have created the largest community of online tutors helping each other on Facebook. I'd like to invite you to join our free group, the ultimate support group for online tutors. I want to help you get found, hired, and referred so that you don't have to compete with other tutors, but instead can collaborate and grow so that you can help students all over the world and have the freedom and flexibility to allow you to do what you love. In fact, I want you to feel amazing every time you have a light bulb moment with your students. I want you to have so many light bulb moments that you light up an entire city. All you need to do is go to Facebook, type in Ultimate Support Group for Online Tutors, and hit join. What are you waiting for? Join today.